Welcome to Answer the Call. I'm your host, Kelsey Kemp. I'm an ex-tech consultant turned career coach, podcaster, and speaker, helping Christians discern their unique calling and create a career that's actually aligned with it, so you can be as faithful and impactful as possible with the decades of work ahead. Here at Answer the Call, we gather around a new topic each Tuesday to help you gain clarity and confidence on what you're specifically called to do with your career, as well as assure smart strategies to actually help you get there. Hey, y'all. So it goes without saying that making a life change of any kind, especially when you're considering quitting your job, that's, yeah, that's a big change (laughs) and going for something new, that could trigger a lot of fears. And I have heard them all, and I've probably felt them all (laughs) for myself at some point in time. Anything from, am I making the wrong decision? Is this potentially going to ruin my life? Is this going to throw me off track? Will this jeopardize my financial security? Um, Or like this fear that, hey, this new job, it looks shiny on the outside, but will it really be much better than the one I have? Like, Or will I just wind up in this same level of discontentment again? Um, Or this fear of, is my dream job even out there? I'm starting to doubt it. That, gosh, those are so tough. And you could probably relate to all of those and more. But there is one genre of fear that I have not yet mentioned. And this is one that seems to stand above the rest, as I hear it echoed over and over again from clients and friends and even myself at one point, and that is, what will people think of me if I quit? What will people think of me if I quit my job and try something new? It's this fear of judgment of what other people will think, and this is a fear that I'm sure everyone struggles with at some point, and this is one that you struggle with even if you're just moving from one accounting firm to another. Like it doesn't matter how big the leap is. Sometimes just change of any kind and of any measure can bring up this this fear of um, what will people think of me making this change? But this fear is especially present with those of you who are considering a career pivot into something really new, especially if that career path is even just a little unconventional. And I get it. I was paralyzed with that fear of what other people might think of me and what judgment I might come across. Um, I was a part of a tight-knit, highly competitive community of high achievers in my business undergrad, you know, business school. Um, And those people are now crushing it, even at like managerial positions or even director levels of large organizations or accepting MBA program offers at Ivy League institutions, even as young professionals in their mid-20s right now. So I, uh, I was really scared of, especially in this kind of competitive um, group or atmosphere that was especially prevalent in that business school environment. Oh my gosh, I so felt this. Um, and I thought, I am the screw up. I mean, I really do feel called in this new direction, and I, I don't want to live for the approval of, of others anymore, but man, it is going to hurt when someone assumes that I'm just quitting my really, I don't know, high status, whatever, consulting job because I'm a wimp who can't take the heat. That is something that I really, really fear, just um, being viewed as a flake or um, like I'm, I'm just not legit. <laughs> at all. Um, And I'm taking the easy way out. 
um, by starting my own business, which I now kind of laugh at. <laughs> but anyway, this is a fear that I struggled with. Um, and okay, I have to be honest, I could tell you truthfully, nearly two years into starting my own business now, um, that yes, I have faced some rude, judgmental comments. Like this isn't an unfounded fear that we have. Uh, I mean, heck, even yesterday, I faced some rude comments um, about like not having a real job um, that I had to um, just overcome and have grace for. But in the end, I am so, so grateful that I consistently have chosen to live my life according to the pursuit of what I feel God is calling me to do and what my God-given dreams are instead of limiting the whole trajectory of my life just to avoid moments of discomfort and hurt from people who honestly, like, I'm not meant to be giving them stake in the way my life turns out. Like, they're not going to be there in the end when I'm giving account for it. <laughs> so, um, friend, if you struggle with fear of what other people might think if you quit your job or make any life change that calls other people higher or makes them uncomfortable and question their own decisions, like, I am with you. I have felt this and I still feel this. But I'm here to tell you that you don't have to listen to that fear. And there are really practical mindset shifts that you could have to overcome this uh, fear and also overcome tough moments when they might actually happen. So I'm going to share with you the eight mindset shifts that have helped me and will now help you move past the fear of what other people will think so you can make the most out of your life and really just go after your calling. Um, so yeah, fear is something that realistically we are going to encounter because making big changes, that's just the reality of it, and it's going to be uncomfortable. But there's things that we could do to really move past it in a productive way along the way, just as long as you're moving forward. So that's my goal and my prayer um, that I help you with in this podcast. So I'm just going to dive right in. Mindset shift number one. This is the biggest thing, or one of the biggest things, is that um, realize that these fears might not or probably don't have as much power as you would think. Start by challenging them with two simple questions. One, really like ask yourself out loud and make yourself respond to this. Do their opinions actually matter in the long run? You're like, wow, yeah, mind blowing. Gotcha, Kelsey. But have you actually sat with that like, have you asked yourself, again, like, say it out loud or write it down or whatever you need because these are so much of life is really <laughs> just, like, following the common wisdom that isn't so common. <laughs> so ask yourself, like, do the uh, opinions really matter in the long run? And two, will they actually judge you or might they actually prove to be happy for you or even jealous? Like, you know, just maybe people will surprise you. Um, but ultimately, like, we're not really looking for others' approval. I think that one of the most powerful things um, that happens in the emotional component that I address with clients that it's not just practically like identifying what you might be called to do and then practically identifying what job might be a match for that. Um, it's also like I really help people through the emotions that come up with big change and the big fears and resolving those. And one of those steps that's so powerful is just 
stating out loud, what exactly do you fear? And from who? Are you just letting a kind of faceless sea of people in your mind throw, I don't know, rotten tomatoes at you? Like, oh, she totally blew it. Or what is she doing? That's crazy. Or it's like, just try to bring specificity to it. Um, Say what you fear out loud. And once you state it to another person that you trust, way more often than not, you actually see um, that's improbable or actually not something that's too difficult to overcome and you could really move past it. So I encourage you to say what you fear out loud and then challenge it with those two questions. Like, do those opinions really matter in the long run? And will they actually judge you or might supporters come through for you? And um, side note, (laughs) if they do judge you, then that actually might be seen as like a great opportunity, not in a oh, screw you, whatever, get away kind of attitude, but like really maybe those people just don't want to be around for you. So you could move on and that's okay. So mindset shift number two, realize that the vast majority of people actually aren't thinking about you really. Like they're going on with their own lives and that's okay. Like that's a great thing. So a great mentor once told me this stopped me in my tracks because I was getting all caught up in like, oh my gosh, what if I make a a mistake in front of this big um, presentation in this big room that I had? Um, And he said, don't be so arrogant to assume that people are thinking about you or like will continue to think about you if you fumble on one little mistake. (laughs) They're not going to spend the rest of their day thinking about, I don't know, any little thing that you've done. Um, and for argument's sake, even if they do think about you or think uh, dwell on something that maybe um, scares you a little bit, then <laughs> um, here's something. Let me prove to you that they really are still only thinking about themselves, not actually about you. So imagine a time when you witnessed, for instance, a speaker fumble or you saw someone announce something on Facebook that's like oh wow that's a weird decision what did you think i'm actually willing to bet that it was something along the lines of like oh i'm glad that wasn't me and then you actually just trailed off into a little stream of thoughts about what you would do in your shoes in their shoes and ta-da actually you're just in your own head now and you're thinking about yourself and then you go on thinking about your grocery grocery list for like i don't know what you're going to go shopping for in the afternoon so yeah <laughs> you just proceed to carry on with your own life and you're not actually spending your time obsessing over someone else's life choices so that was really freeing, that challenge that that mentor gave me. Like, don't be so arrogant to assume that people are thinking about you. It's okay. Like, they'll just move on and you'll move on and it'll be great. Um, and one last example that was so incredibly powerful. Like, wow, this this was huge for me. Even when I turned in my notice in my consulting job, that was like, that was so scary. That was so scary. I thought, wow, I might be rebuked. Somebody's going to tell me this is so stupid or wow, I knew that you couldn't take it, Kelsey, like whatever. Even though that's ridiculous, I was doing really well. Um, But anyway, um, the first words, here's the reality of what actually happened when I broke the news to my boss that I was turning in my resignation. The very first words out of his mouth were about him, not about me. He instantly 
literally like turned inwards he diverted his gaze and was just in a state of obvious like reflection and he immediately retorted to my news what did i do that made you want to leave and then he proceeded to talk kind of um, self-consciously about what might have been his fault and i don't put him at fault for anything but it was just interesting an example um of like he was also just thinking about um himself and that's okay um and actually when i had to tell the higher ups like my boss's boss and even the client uh that my tech team was assigned to serving as i was breaking the news to all these different people that i definitely feared that they were going to rebuke me or put me down or think i was crazy they all 100% of them reflected on their own life like i actually this is maybe a story for another time but three of the old guys like the high ups like executives at this like fortune 500 company that i had to go tell uh, that i was leaving and a new consultant would be assigned in my place um they actually got teary-eyed and without even knowing what they were doing they started reflecting on what they wished that they would have done at my age. Like, just sit with that. How crazy, how crazy and how affirming is that for how worth it it is to go ahead and follow the calling that's on your heart because that stuff doesn't go away. You're not going to forget about it. And I don't know, like that, that really made me sad to see the regret on their face and um, they had all the support in the world and everyone was so kind, seriously so kind. And they literally said things like, I wish I would have done that. That's so brave. <laughs> so anyway, um, I hope that's a really encouraging just factoid about what happened with, with me. But let me move on to mindset shift number three to help you overcome this fear of judgment and what other people might think. Think of a friend who has actually made an unconventional career leap. When you first heard that they quit and jumped into a new crazy thing, maybe even for less money or prestige, like whatever, maybe somebody made a kind of very unconventional leap. What did you actually think of that friend? What did you say to him or her when they broke the news to you? I'm actually willing to suspect that you were supportive and encouraging i just hope and i pray that you give yourself the same support and permission to do something that you feel called to and that you love um, because chances are your closest friends will support you just like you did for them or would for them but <laughs> i'm going to be really honest here as i always am even if you didn't like if you actually have gone in the past and like been judgmental towards someone um and you fear judgment from others because you've actually witnessed like that's what i've done i've been judgmental towards other people um like <laughs> me too i i honestly i have been condescending about other people's choices um, when I was really, really dissatisfied, really frustrated and drained in the most defeating season of my career, not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And I was like anything but this, but oh my gosh, I was so lost and frustrated. Um, I was honestly really spiteful with my thoughts towards some people who took a path that was 
if I was honest with myself at the time, really inspiring to me. I justified my superiority by my pay level. And oh my gosh, I hate saying this, but like even my airline reward status and my hotel points because I was traveling to Chicago every week and staying at the W and like my GPA and my lofty contributions to my 401k and all this stuff. My inner dialogue honestly got pettier and pettier and so gross as my situation got worse um, because I was just in such a negative headspace that I think honestly I just naturally gravitated towards not being uplifting to other people because I wasn't that way towards myself either um but honestly like seeing how destructive my thoughts got it I'm really grateful it led me to have a snap out of it moment where I looked myself in the mirror and realized that my career choices were turning me into a person that I didn't recognize anymore and I certainly never aspired to be which made it even more apparent that it was time for a huge pattern interrupt in my life in line with God's will and vision for it and surrendering to whatever that would be Um, So if you happen to encounter someone or you have been that person that um, is actually judgmental towards others um, and whatever their choices are, I hope that you could have compassion and grace for yourself and just kind of surrender the fact that we don't know what's going on in their life. We don't. And unfortunately, sometimes we want to drag other people down when we're feeling like we're in a really horrible place. Um, so I hope that if that's something you've done or you've experienced that you could extend compassion and grace and understanding even when it's hard to have, but just like move forward with what you are called to do, regardless of what someone else in their, whatever season they're in might say. Um, and this kind of brings me to my next point of mindset shift number four, which is to have compassion for yourself and others. Change is, it's just uncomfortable. It, it really is. It's uncomfortable to experience. And it's often also uncomfortable to witness others go through because seeing someone else change for the better often triggers our deepest insecurities. And if you're scared of what other people might think of your life and your career choices, or if you actually experience someone saying something rude or discouraging, first, it's okay that it hurts. It's okay to care what people think. It's okay to an extent, you know, we have to be careful, but I think sometimes people really get on like this huge, um, unproductive, train of like screw everyone and you don't have to listen to a single person first off that's not wise like seek wise counsel with people that um you know love and trust and all this stuff okay it's okay to care what some people think it really is um so i just want to validate that it's okay if it hurts when someone says something that's dissenting and it's also to an extent to care what people think sometimes and it's okay to want the support and affirmation of others and it's okay um if it hurts when people try to tear you down so have compassion for yourself and let yourself experience the wave of feelings that come over you if you need to Um, So give yourself 60 to 90 seconds to just feel it. That's often all we really need to let an emotion come and go and letting yourself feel it instead of just stunting the emotion and trying to distract yourself from it can actually bring resolution and peace so much faster than you think. Um, 
because just, you know, stuffing that stuff down, it's really not going to help and it doesn't heal it. It's still going to be this underlying pressure under the surface. So go ahead and just let yourself feel it. That's all right. And second, have compassion for the person who you fear judgment from. We can have compassion for the stress or dissatisfaction in their life that might tempt them to choose to tear someone down um, to make themselves feel better. Excuse me. <laughs> and we aren't meant to, like I said, take a screw them mentality. Like we're really not. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 17 says, do not rejoice when your enemy falls and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. We're not meant to rejoice in someone, I don't know, being such a small, petty person that they would try to come at me. And, you know, you, you know how we get on those roles where it's like, oh, well, they just hate their life and they're jealous and all this stuff. Like, we're not meant to rejoice in someone's dissatisfaction or, um, I don't know, taunt them or think small or um, rejoice in the fact that they're they gave in to the temptation to tear someone down like because that that's really we're not meant to be okay with that like we are meant to have compassion so also don't be glad when um someone might be in pain or don't hate them for giving in to the temptation to be mean or unchristlike resist the urge to come up with spiteful retorts to hurt them back even if it's just in your own head because we're told in proverbs 20 Verses, verse 22, do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord and he will deliver you. This is God's fight, not yours. You could trust him to comfort and, you, and protect you. And you could also trust that he is working in, through, and dealing with that other person, wherever they're at, whatever they're going through. So just let that be and like focus on your relationship with the Lord. Have I been perfect at this? Absolutely not. <laughs> None of us are going to be perfect at this all the time, but this is really something that I've been convicted of um, because honestly, I'm not here in this podcast to tell you that you're not going to face judgment um, as someone who has their own business that some people get, some people don't. Like I really had to develop a tough skin. It happens. So I hope that in some ways I'm comforting you that it's probably not as bad as you would think at all. Like you will live through it and it's totally good. And you're probably going to find like the best friends in your life and people that you totally vibe with as you're in your lane in life and all this stuff. And maybe some people are really going to surprise you and be super kind. Um, and so I hope to comfort you that it's really not as bad and miserable and all this stuff as um, you might be fearing. But um, I'm also here to be realistic that, yeah, some people might uh, not get it, might be kind of rude. Um, and so I want to encourage you in how we're called to handle those situations, um, as well as just give you some practical steps and mindset shifts you can make to work through it um, so you can move forward with your calling. So Anyway, mindset shift number five. This is kind of like step number five. Uh, so surround yourself with people to whom your dream is normal. Like people who get it. People who are here for it. When you're like, you know, I'm feeling called to do this. I'm going to make this change. I'm going after this new job. I'm creating this thing, this side hustle, this passion project. I'm working on building up a portfolio. I'm working towards this long-term vision. Anything like that, like 
get your people around you that get it and are so here for it and think that's the coolest thing. <laughs> um, who will really be with you. And if you don't have a community like that yet, um, then now is the time. Go join some meetup groups. Like, I love that app. Like, go, um, if you're not yet a part of a church community, go join one or get in a small group, meet new people, talk about what you're passionate about and ask, literally ask for like, do you know of anyone who's into that or connections or whatever? Or if someone's like, oh, you know, like my friend does something like that. Be like, will you connect us? Go out there and hustle for some new friends. And it's so beyond worth it. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, so the hope for this uh, group of people that feel like your dream is so like, it's worth going after. And it's something that's that you're meant to do um, and they really support it. Like these are the people that will encourage and push you to make the best decision for you. And this is a troop that can even go beyond serving as an advocate and actually step into the role of a valued advisor that will help make your venture a success. So go out there and find your people and just also get super excited for the new and deeper friendships that will come from your job change. Uh, if it is one that's really aligned with what God is calling you to do and who he created you to be and the mission that he put on your heart, like you, as you're running in that lane, you are going to find people that are running alongside you. Uh, like, let me tell you, this has been one of the coolest things that I've experienced since starting my own business. I've moved from Dallas to Austin and I've met the best friends of my whole life. Like, people, oh my gosh, so my people. And I'm so excited for that to happen for you as well. So just get excited and be in faith that that is going to happen on the other side of you just continuing to go after what God has called you to do. So um, yeah, excited for you for that. And I hope that you are um, in faith that that's going to happen as well. Mindset shift number six. Here we go. Um, <laughs> identify the people and opinions that actually matter to you. Who's on your short list? Is it a partner, parents, best friend, a mentor, or a sibling? Get your close circle, like your little board of directors um, that you really trust and you value their opinion because. Um, Along the lines of what I've mentioned, this is not an episode to help you make up your own mind and screw everybody else. Like, I really don't believe in that mentality. Um, it's really self-serving and arrogant, honestly. Um, it is wise to get counsel from people who you love and who know you and who you really trust the most. But even though you care deeply about getting your tribe's support and advice, like, you really do have to pause and um, do one of uh, or both of the following steps that I'm about to mention before you just take their opinion as universal truth. So like grain of salt coming in. Here we go. Um, one, <laughs> write down what you know to be true about your values um, and the calling that you feel that God has placed on your life in, in as much detail as possible and the why behind it. Like, Write down the dreams that God has placed on your heart. Um, 
And so uh, in one episode, I have a whole episode on how to identify your core values. And I also have a free guide that's available on my website, kelseykemp.com. Right on the front page, it's going to pop up. Um, you could sign up and get the whole in-depth six-page guide with 68 example values that will help you um, understand what your values might be, pick them out, and refine it to the top three so you really know what are the guiding values that are inherent to you in the way that God made you that will lead to making satisfying decisions in the long term or decisions that will satisfy in the long term. So um, go listen to that podcast episode. I think it's something like episode 15 and go download that free guide on my website, kelseykemp.com. That's really going to help you. So write this stuff out. Really understand who God made you to be, where you're coming from, what you actually value in life like inherently, not the values that somebody told you you should, like financial security and all this stuff. That's great. And I absolutely believe in responsibility and all this, but like understand what you really value and how you are ultimately going to measure your life in the end. So get firm on that. Then to resolve to hear them out and actually get and receive like wise counsel, hear them out, but stay firm on the fact that this is your life and you are ultimately the one who has to make a decision in the end based on your relationship with God and what you know to be true. You've got to live with this stuff. So yeah, no matter how much wise counsel you've got, no matter how many times you've read the whole Bible, um, and no matter what God is telling you, honestly, like you have free will and you are the one that has to live with that and make the decision and move your feet in the end. So know that that's the case. But um, yeah, this is really going to be helpful for you to just get super clear, like identify your three people that you are really going to choose to open up to and hear out what they have to say about your decision. Um, restrict that because you really don't need to listen to everybody. I have made that mistake in the past. Um, just letting too many hands in on the pot. Like you don't need that. It's not even helpful once it gets too out of hand. But let's move on. Mindset shift number seven. It's this and one more and then we are good to go. And I hope that you are feeling free to move past and overcome this fear of judgment or what other people might think. So anyway, as I was saying, mindset shift number seven. Remember the fact that the purpose of your life is to know, love, and glorify God. That's why you were made. And also think about the people who God wants you to serve. Live your life running to help the people God has ordained for you to help, ordained and equipped for you to help. Let go of the empty words of people who might be naysayers trying to distract or deter you from the mission that God wants you to serve. Does that seem empty or like fluffy or whatever? I hope not. Like that is a very, very practical thing and something that I witness all the time. Like I could be angry about um, some comments. Like most of the time, let me just be transparent. Like um, the first year of business, a lot of people didn't get it. I was still figuring a lot of things out. Whoa, that was, it was, um, it was tough. It really was. Um, then I've really hit my stride in the last year. Um, and I, in the last couple of weeks, have had 
well, in that second year since hitting my stride, like I've had a lot of supporters and like amazing client interactions and all of these things. And you can't deny the results and I can't deny God's faithfulness and like that he really has called me to this. And it's been so worth any sacrifice or discomfort that I have gone through. Um, but in the last couple of weeks, I've, um, I don't know why, just experienced a couple um, kind of rude comments, like one chick saying um, she didn't know that I would come to find out, but like that I don't have a real job um, or that um, someone else said something like that too, which uh, is really surprising. And then a couple people uh, said um, like friends. <laughs> have come out of the woodworks and been like, wow, Kelsey, I see like what you're posting on LinkedIn and Instagram now. It seems like you're doing really well. I'm so happy for you. I've got to be honest. When you first um, made this leap and quit uh, your company, uh, I thought you were crazy and I really didn't know how this was going to work out. And I'm like, mm, the first part of that was really nice. It's kind of sad to hear that you didn't actually have faith in me, but that's okay. Like, I now realize that like no matter what those people that are saying that stuff like they're not in the meetings I have with clients in which we're both tearing up and like so grateful that God ordained us to be together and for me to be a support um to the people I get to serve and how that tangibly changes their life. And it's such a welcomed blessing change that, or change that is a blessing that literally will have and is having an impact on communities, workplaces, um, technological advancements, insane stuff. Like I need to be faithful and I hope that you see your role in needing to be faithful to go after like being so diligent to fulfill the calling that God has for you. Um, I do want to bring up that I can't remember. It's just kind of on my heart to say this right now. I don't remember the exact reference. I know it's in the book of Acts, but um, maybe chapter 17. Anyway, but um, the passage is talking about how God actually doesn't need us as if he would is actually served by human hands. Like he just wants our hearts to be for him and to glorify him. He doesn't actually need us to do anything. He is God. He is not limited by human work. <laughs> he is not like his will will be done, but um, there is such purpose in us participating in this work. And you could listen to my whole podcast episode on this. Um, maybe it's episode eight I'm not sure, but it's uh, titled something like, does God need us to fulfill our callings? No, he doesn't need us to. Does he want us to? Does he have a glorious plan um, and will for that to happen? Yes, absolutely. So let's keep that in mind with humble hearts, but being service-minded, that it really is so important for us to show up for the people that God has ordained for us to help. So please keep that in mind as I'm right alongside you. Like it is so important for us to move past whatever fears might come our way or obstacles might come our way because we really do have an important mission to fulfill each and every one of us. Um, so let's not let um, people with dissenting opinions or unkind words to say, um, hold us back from that. It's really, really not worth it. So
moving on. Um, here's the last thing. Mindset shift number eight. <laughs> Even in the worst case scenario, people might find grounds to judge you for um, a season. Maybe that's a couple months, a couple weeks, or maybe a few, few years as you're um, working out this new path that you've decided to take. But remember, taking steps to build a career based off who you are, like who God created you to be, and what mission he really sincerely placed on your heart to fulfill, that will always pay off. If not, like if nothing else, at least in terms of lack of regret, it really will. Like God will be faithful to establish the work of your hands in whatever way is according to his perfect plan for you. And he will fulfill his promise to work all things to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Um, it's Yeah, it's no cliche that the most pervasive thought amongst people on their deathbed is I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. And you could listen to episode 37 on how to save yourself from regretting the way you spent your life uh, to hear me go deep on that topic. But I'm willing to bet that if you take this leap that's aligned with your core values now in your calling, you will be above and beyond where you thought you could be. And even just five years, like think just five years out from now, what the potential fruit of that decision and like working through some humble beginnings um, might be. So follow your gut and play the long game, realizing that it's worth it to push through a few lean months or years if a rewarding, impactful, passion-filled career is the end result. But ultimately, like it's really not... Um, our job to worry about what reward we might get. Um, I mean, I am just saying all those things as an encouragement because God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. And like he will provide for you in every way um, as you lean on him and pursue to be faithful um, to him in your career. But just reality check, like even if actually nothing works out as you planned and, you know, you don't, it doesn't work out gloriously. It's our responsibility to seek God and ask him to lead us in his unique will for our lives and to follow that as faithfully as possible. Um, the depth of relationship that you're able to cultivate with your creator as a result of choosing to lead a life, leaning on him and his guidance instead of just taking things into your own hands or setting up a temporal house of cards based on whatever it is for you, like money or external validation, like that relationship and just like knowing that you are being faithful to live out the will of God and how he designed you to live and your, lead your life, like that is more than a reward enough. Like God is truly the only reward that we need. Um, so yeah, it's honestly not our job to seek the approval of others and to bend our plans to make sure that we're in line with what they say is good. Like it's our job to be faithful to God and God alone, and he will take care of everything that we need. So ask yourself, like, are you doing your best to do God's will in your life? Like, are you trying to live leaning into faith? Are you seeking God and trusting him? These are really the only measurements of success that will ultimately matter.
uh, and are ultimately important. So I actually want to finish up by reading Hebrews chapter 11 to you to give you a picture of the importance of acting in faith, no matter what you gain or lose um, in your experience here as a result here on earth. Um, because that is just not the point. We're, we're playing the long game and we're really, um, we're looking towards our true home in heaven. Um, but Anyway, I will let the passage itself encourage you. So this, oh my gosh, this is just such an epic piece of scripture. So Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm going to read from the New International Version of the Bible. Um, so now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah was warned about things not yet seen, and holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir on the righteousness of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abram, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of that same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God." And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he is, uh, and so from this one man, and he is as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking forward to a country, or they're looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By the way, he's talking about heaven. These people are looking forward and aiming towards their eternal inheritance and towards um, their life 
an eternity in heaven with God and not just living for what they could gain here on earth. But continuing on, verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. So in a manner of speaking, he did not receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regards to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses, Moses's parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Um, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. <laughs> I feel like I should read that again. Whoa. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater as of greater value than of the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward in heaven. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, by faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover in the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Japheth. Um, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped to the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength, and who became powerful in battle and wrote and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. 
whoa, that chapter is just such, oh, such a powerful, powerful excerpt from scripture. Um, the main lesson being that we're just not meant to look for the approval of others. We're not meant to look for um, reward here on earth. We're just meant to be faithful and to look forward to what is promised uh, for us in heaven and that glorious reunion that we'll have um, once we get to the end of our days and hopefully hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, and just we're called to be faithful so that it says like, gosh, I want to be one of those people that is like those mentioned in this passage that said like, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Like he's proud. He's proud because these are his faithful servants that weren't looking for their own riches and country here on earth. They were looking to what is ahead. So ultimately, I'm kind of ending this podcast on like it, fear of what others might think. It's ultimately irrelevant. And I hope that that's really an encouraging thing for you. So I have compassion and I hope that you'll have grace for yourself if this is something that you're struggling with but I also hope that you embrace faith and just your relationship with your creator um, that will comfort you and show you that like he has something so much greater and this like none of this is really the point so um yeah like look ahead to your um, eternal reward and just commune with the one who calls you calls you into a relationship with him calls you into a greater purpose like oh my gosh wow god is so good so anyway to wrap up i actually want to pray for you and leave you with this one verse that i would absolutely recommend memorizing for your comfort and encouragement if you're ever in a moment of fearing judgment from others um, as you're potentially making some kind of change in your life um, remember so psalm 27 verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Wow. God really does take care of everyone. So like there is no faith in or there is no fear in faith. There is no room for fear in faith. So Anyway, this has gone on quite some time, but I really hope that these points and eight mindset shifts have really been encouraging to you as well as my personal story that um, I tried to share honestly a bit about um, because I'm no stranger to this stuff either. Like I'm here with you. Um, but anyway, I do want to pray for you, hopefully as encouragement, just for you to be able to hear um, what is my heart and my intent and the supplications I'm making on your behalf. But anyway here we go. So Jesus, thank you so much for your word, for your scripture, that we could go back to it and remember all of the ways that you have provided and cared for us endlessly over time. Every single one of your children, like you care for us and have infinite amounts of thought towards each of us, even before we're born. That is so crazy. That's so crazy. Um, Thank you so much for that. By the way, side note, if any of you are needing some major encouragement, I'm just going to break my prayer real fast and tell you to go and read Psalm 139 this week. Um, that will show you your identity and your like immeasurable value in God's eyes. Um, but back to it. So Lord, thank you so much for each of these passages that... Um, 
you have inspired into text so that we can remember how much you care for each of us. So I ask for each person listening um, that you would comfort them, that you would guide their steps and establish the work of their hands and that you would make your calling for them um, so abundantly clear so that they can't deny it. And that I ask that you would help embolden them to take up that charge and go after it no matter what um, hardship might come their way. Um, and if and when it does come their way, I ask that you would protect them, protect them, establish their path. And I ask that you would help just keep their eyes on you, encourage them in faith, embolden them in faith, um, and give them the comfort that they need and the perspective um, that they need to uh, give them that comfort if and when someone might try to um, be hurtful um, intentionally or unintentionally along the way. I ask that we would be ambassadors for you to just tell and show of your love. Um, I ask that um, each of the people listening would know and love and serve you more as a result of uh, any encouragement that they're able to derive from this podcast. Um, I ask that they would just know and love and serve you more just through their nine to five, that it would be such an encouraging and fruitful and energizing endeavor that it doesn't have to be draining. I ask that you would give them the faith to believe that and guide their steps um, to make whatever changes are necessary for your glory. I love you so much, Lord, and I just ask that you grant um, just this person listening so much peace and faith that they know that they could lean on you. And I ask that, um, yeah, you embolden them as they take whatever steps that you want them to take. So, Lord, you are so good. Thank you so much for this opportunity to speak and upload this on the internet. <laughs> I love you. Amen. Um. Yeah, wow. Sometimes I'm like, wow, I forget I'm speaking into a mic. Here we are. Ah, I'm back at it. I was closing my eyes, you know, really getting in the zone. But um, yeah, that's my prayer for you. And I really hope that you're encouraged and supported this week um, by me and by the people that I pray God surrounds you with, that you would have that encouraging community of people that supports you. Um, but yeah, go forth, be faithful, conquer. I am signing off. See you next Tuesday. <laughs>